Hey, welcome to Pickled Parables. My name's Jesse. I have been so encouraged recently with how this podcast has been received by you guys. Some of you have reached out and shared just really kind words with me, and it it put me on cloud nine. It just, it made my whole day. I want to thank you for your prayers and for your support with this ministry. I, I started Parable Ministries with the goal of building people up with the Word of God. And Pickled Parables, this podcast, is now kind of our primary way of offering that. I'm also putting together a, a video series right now. It's, it's taking a lot longer than I wanted. There's, there's just some learning curves I'm trying to figure out. But it will be a series that will help people read the Bible with better understanding. It's going to look at the different literary styles, the different literary genres of the Bible, and the different approaches that each one kind of requires. So thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Please don't stop. (laughs) Continue to give us uh, that support and that prayer, because this ministry is meant for your edification. It's it's meant for your spiritual growth, and ultimately, it's, it's all for the glory of God our Father. I want to tell you guys a little bit about why Galatians is so special to me. Galatians was shared with me in a, a, a pivotal moment, just, just, just a crucial moment in my life. It was explained to me. It, it was... I, well, really just given to me through the, the courage of my brother. And, and I believe that through the leading of the Spirit. At the time, I, I, uh, I was a wreck. I, I had reached, I think, the lowest point I have ever reached. And my brother, Matt, pulled me aside one evening. And he was like, Jess, are you, are you okay? And I was like, No. No, I'm, I'm not okay. I, I carry around uh, an incredible amount of, of guilt. I've been scared and scarred through inappropriate interactions. I'm battered every night with sweat-inducing nightmares. I'm, I'm completely disoriented, and I feel utterly alone. I didn't say that, of course. I, I just said, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And I don't really know why, but Matt took me took me to his room, he sat me on his bed, and he pulled out his Bible, and he said, listen. And he presented to me this passage. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned, until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law, it was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we're no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, you've put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's no distinction. There's neither slave nor free. There's no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ then you are Abraham's offspring, 
heirs according to promise. I don't know why Matt shared this passage. It, it's not the typical passage, the, the typical salvation passage that, you know, like evangelists would like to use. I, I don't know. Whatever his reason might have been, these words sunk deep into my spirit. They, they bulldozed my thoughts. I felt like I was captive to something. I, I felt imprisoned, just incapable to escape. But this passage talks about something that's given. Something frees us from captivity. But now that faith has come, we're no longer under a guardian. What's that talking about? Contextually, in Galatians, Paul's talking about the fulfillment of the Mosaic Law. You see, the law of the Old Testament, it was a, a good and a perfect gift that God gave to the ethnic people of Israel. But because of, of mankind's shortcomings, and, and because we're not able to live up to God's righteous standards, the goodness of the law became a curse to those who lived under it. We were held captive under the law. We were imprisoned. Listen to this. This is how Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 7. What then should we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said you should not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life, it proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceives me and through it, killed me. So the law, it, it is holy. The commandment is holy and righteous and good. But did that which is good then bring death to me? Well, by no means. It was sin, producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. So the law didn't create sin. The law revealed what sin is. And that revelation left us in a state of captivity because we are an inherently sinful people. Like it says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. It says in Ecclesiastes 7.20, Surely there's not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. Or 1 John 1.8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. So through the law, because of sin, we were held captive. We were imprisoned. We were made aware. And this awareness not only paralyzed us, it condemned us. As I sat on 
Matt's bed listening to him explain this passage. I sat with the weight of my sin, the weight of sin from other people who had sinned against me. I sat with the weight of this sinful world on me, and I I didn't have an escape. I couldn't break out of this prison. Believe me, I had had tried. I, I had tried raking up anything I could to show for merit. I, I tried hiding the fact of it. I tried ignoring it. I tried fighting. I did, I, tried, I did everything I could, and I had reached a pivotal point where I was fully aware that I was, just, I was incapable to save myself. But just as this passage says, something was given. Something was revealed. Now, I'm not saying that it can't be done, but generally speaking, it's very difficult to save someone who who doesn't know that they need saving. The law, in its perfect divine wisdom, reoriented the sinfulness of mankind and aligned it to God's standard. It became clear through the law that there is an an impassable gap in between mankind and God. The law served as a a righteous guardian, keeping mankind, and specifically those who lived under the law, keeping them under guard until the coming faith would be revealed. Galatians 3, verse 24. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. So the law provided the way for Jesus. It's only through Jesus Christ, the fulfiller of the law, that we are able to be set free from the bondage and the weight of sin. Verse 25. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian, for in Christ Jesus You are all sons of God through faith. This is what Paul has been building up to this entire letter. Notice the the pronoun change. We are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you, you are all sons of God. Paul's been very intentional, really intentional with his words here. And he's directing the attention to the actions and the fulfillments of Jesus' earthly life. You see, the the Old Testament law, it wasn't just the constitution for an identity lost nation. It was the revealing of God's heart and worldview. So even for those who did not enter this covenant, the awareness of its existence allowed people to understand God's holy and righteous standards, which then condemned our sinful natures. The law served as a guardian, as a, as a keeper, as a structural manager, because it funneled people into the loving arms of Jesus, our Redeemer. It, it made us aware that we needed to be saved, and it led us to the person who could save us. So we're no longer under a guardian because you have been saved by Jesus Christ, the fulfiller of the law, and now through him have become identified with him and adopted into his family. Verse 27, 
For as many of you as were baptized in the Christ, you've put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. This is Paul wrapping up his correction for the Galatians with just a a beautiful little bow. Baptism was a, a practice of surrender and identification. Spiritually, it happens when you believe, but this, the physical demonstration of it comes as an, as an outward confession. Now, undoubtedly, the, the Galatians had been baptized by the Spirit upon belief, and it's also safe to assume that they had demonstrated this confession publicly with the sign of water baptism. Because he says, for as many of, for as many of you as were baptized in the Christ, you have put on Christ. Then Paul emphasizes that God doesn't show partiality. It doesn't matter your ethnic lineage or who you're related to. It doesn't matter your social status or your gender. Upon faith in the sufficiency of Jesus Christ, the fulfiller of God's promises, you are given righteousness through the literal gift of the Spirit of God, who is our down payment and our seal. If you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Again, this is a callback to earlier in chapter 3, verse 7. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would, would justify or count righteous the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And verse 13 as well, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who's hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. That was incredible news for the Galatians because they had been struggling with the idea that they needed something else. Works of the law, physical demonstrations, certain relationships, something more than Jesus Christ. But Paul makes it very clear that righteousness is is only given through faith. In chapter 4, verse 1, Paul makes it even clearer. He gives an example. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he's under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also... When we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive 
adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but you're a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. As I sat on Matt's bed listening to him present this passage, I experienced uh, an, an awareness that, that I had never experienced before. I became aware with the full understanding that I, I was incapable of saving myself and abandoning my sins. I couldn't even give them up. I became aware that there was someone out there who was not only willing, but able to take my burdens and give me not just freedom, but righteousness. I, I listened to my brother. I, I don't know if I heard every word he said, because I, I was just enchanted with the grace of the gospel. But when he finished, I, I mumbled some sort of thank you, and I, I walked off the bed. And as I was brushing my teeth, I believed. I had such a faith that Jesus was, was willing and able to cover my shortcomings, that he would adopt me into his holy family, that he would give me the Holy Spirit as a seal and as a down payment, that he would save me from myself and from the wrong of others. I needed him, and I surrendered to him in the time it takes a person to brush their teeth. This is why Galatians is so special to me. Because even though this letter was written by Paul to a, to a group of Christians who lived in the region of Galatia so, so long ago, the truth of God's word was able to reach a little 12-year-old boy who lived in the 21st century. The Bible is, is an incredible, incredible book because it's filled with life-changing truth. You know, sometimes we, we, try to, we try to organize the Bible in the topics or in the categories or we try to extract principles out of it or main ideas. And, and while there is room for that, don't get me wrong by, by me saying that, that, there is room for that, we need to remember that the Bible isn't an encyclopedia, it's a story. And more than a story, it's an invitation to enter and have a place in God's story. That's why Galatians is so special to me. Because from this ancient letter, I was redeemed and saved from my sin. And now I'm being renewed through the work of the Holy Spirit and until my heavenly father calls me home. The Bible, the Bible tells the story of God's desire to love you. So let me end with this. Let me just encourage you, please. Read the Bible as it was meant to be read and let the, the relevance of its truth wash over you. You don't have to allegorize it. You don't, you don't have to 
privatize the Bible's meaning. Just let it speak its truth. And then from that, conform your life to it. Rather than taking bits and pieces of the Bible and, and making it trying to fit your life, take your life and conform it to the Bible. Hey, thank you for listening this week. If, if you would like to support this podcast and our teaching ministry, share it with your friends and tell your family about it. Word of mouth is the best way for this to grow. And also, be on the lookout for new avenues of, of teaching. Like I said, we at Parable are working on a video series. It's going to be a bit before it's ready to be shared, but I'm really excited for this new project. And once again, thank you for listening. Be sure to share this with your friends and with your family. Our goal is to reach as many people as possible with the Word of God. And you can help us do that. But until next time, I'll catch you later.